Welcome back to Range Anxiety for your midweek session. And that was uh, Marvin Gaye with Let's Get It On. What a fantastic track that is. And, you know, I'm sitting here today in the Model 3 performance as per usual, um, feeling all like in a get it on mood because I'm just so happy that this car doesn't have pistons and rods and those things in it. You know, um, people are going to go, oh, you know, oh, here we go. Donnan's about to start rambling on again about his, with his EV fixation. No, not really. You know, I've been around a long time and uh, <sighs> seen all sorts of things. But the one, you know, the one, my biggest pet peeve, I suppose, and uh, over all of this time would be engine builders. I can't stand the majority of engine builders. You know, engine builders have always hated, you know, us tuner types as well, because we sort of came from out of nowhere um, in the electronic side of it in the, well, me in the 90s doing this stuff. And uh, yeah, it was like witchcraft to them. And, uh, you know, they didn't have uh, very much of a high opinion <laughs> of us types. But, you know, you've got a few engine builders now that um, also do their own tuning and, you know, good on them because they won't be playing the magical game of pass the parcel and uh, hide the blame or pass the blame that the majority of engine builders still do today. Um, I think it all comes uh, from them just having too big an opinion of themselves. You know, most engine builders start out as mechanics or, you know, uh, uh, some don't even do that. Um, but they believe inherently deep down that they're actually space wizards of some sort, that they're that they're doing something that's never been done before and uh, you've got to be like, you know, uh, able to captain the Enterprise out of Star Trek, you know, to be able to build an engine. Mate, it's fucking nuts and bolts and a few measurements. No, I don't build engines. No, I've never built an engine and no, I don't think I ever will build an engine. Um, but I also, you know, understand the basics involved, the clearancing and measuring things and you know, fine measurements. You don't actually have to be a neurosurgeon to build a car engine. Nope. Remember, you heard that here first. In fact, you know, anyone that's got a basic idea of mechanics and, and you know, possibly some formal training would be able to do it. Now, I'm not saying all engine builders are knob jockeys. There are some guys out there that I, I get to do some work for us and, you know, they build engines well and they do it without ego or without um, weird concepts. Like, for example, I had an engine built not so long ago for a client, and uh, the guy that built it for me, he's a bit of a space wizard. You know, he measures and balances and, you know, does things that nobody else does. No, it's, it's what everyone does that builds a bloody engine, mate. This is exactly what it is. Um, but, you know, he believes he's super duper special, and he was quite busy, and I said, look, you know, this guy's jumping up and down for this engine. Um, could you build it for me in this timeline? And he had a look at his book and he said, yeah, okay, I won't be able to start it for a month, but then I'll get it finished in three weeks and it'll be done. And I thought, okay, great, you know. Um, so he did. He built this engine um, and he was going away somewhere. And when he came back, he, he did it on time. And when he came back, he goes, is it going yet? You know, how did it go? And I said, uh, no, there'd been some other holdups on the car. You know, some stuff needed to be fabricated and whatever. And the, 
this dickhead just launched into like a tirade. Well, that's the last time I'm dropping everything to do something for you. It's like, mate, you didn't fucking drop everything to do something for me. You bloody booked in a job and you did it and you got paid for it the moment it was finished. It's like, it's like every engine that's built by some of these clowns is an ex like a limb. It's like an extension of themselves. Like it's like a child. It's like, dude, it, it's, it, it's, a, it's a block full of nuts and bolts and shit. Don't get too attached to it. You know, and, but not all engine builders are like that. You know, most of them have their little secrets and little tricks and things that they do and they won't, they won't tell you their clearances and everything else. Probably because they don't measure them properly and they don't, don't have a you know, fucking clue what they're doing in the first place. There's plenty of that goes on out there in engine building land. Trust you, me, I've, I've seen it all. You know, stuff like um, clearances that are just so big and engines that are so rattly and burn that much oil and breathe so much. I can't stand it. Yeah, but it's all, it's all for boost, you know. No, you don't want to be pumping all of your boost into your sump because some donkey's read a, a book on how to build engines from you know, in the 40s and 50s, back before there were modern materials. And that is the problem that most engine builders have, is that they don't understand the engineering of the materials that go into an engine. Um, and, you know, they make all of these stupid mistakes. I do have some favourite engine builders, so I used to know one back when I was very much a younger man called Bunny. And Bunny was an engine builder. He was brilliant. Uh, he, he was an Italian guy. I don't even know why he had the name Bunny. But he was an Italian guy with quite a thick accent. And every single engine he would build, he would want to put a, the XU1 piston. He used to love holding six-cylinder pistons, machining them to size for just about anything you could imagine. He even built me a Honda with the XU1 piston in it. I said, mate, are you sure that's going to be all right, Bunny, you know, uh, doing this. And he's standing, come back. Yeah, if you ever did have a problem, was I fucking kill you. I fucking kill you. And it would be like, if he was happy to see you, g'day, mate, how you going? Hey, I fucking kill you. If you say, mate, why did this engine let go? Did you not build it right? I fucking kill you. Right? <laughs> that was the Bunny. What a guy, you know. I thought he was wicked. I think he thought I was a bit of a dickhead, but... He didn't understand much of the computer stuff. He didn't need to. What he wanted to do was um, put XU1 up pistons in, you know, in things and uh, get them going. But yeah, his engines work great for me. You know, there were other clowns that I've dealt with. I had this really big power LS built. And what well, it was supposed to be for big power. And the thing cold had like six PSI of oil pressure. Now, wow. And the engine builder was like, oh, yeah, um, put a thicker oil in it. Well, dude, not even Harley, you know, straight 80 weight or something uh, worked. It was just a, a nightmare. And, you know, and again, they wouldn't take responsibility for it. Um, you know, uh, oh, yeah, if you pull it out and pull, you know, we'll, uh, we'll fix it. But, yeah, okay, great. You know, so that was just an unmitigated um, disaster. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Um, and, you know, things that have built that loose, like I said before, that they blow the dipstick out, you know, <laughs> and they come on to boost. 
And say, yeah, these engine builders, these clowns, oh, here come a bunch of, bunch of motorcycles again. They love it up here in the hills. Oh, they're all those old funny little things, you know, that have got like tiny little wheels on them. I forget what they're called, but they're funny looking little things, little Hondas of some sort. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's a standard. You can always tell when an engine builder hasn't got a fucking clue because they make it, they, they actually put a spring on the dipstick. You know, I've seen heaps of that out in Evo land. It's just ridiculous, you know. Uh, <laughs> either that or you're running some super duper, uh, you know, high boost pressure. But you shouldn't really need to put anything on uh, your dipstick. But they do. And, you know, uh, the disdain with which engine builders treat a lot of tuners, you know, don't rattle this thing to death. Don't, when you tune it. This is how you got to do it. Okay, mate, well, how much timing do you think it should take? Well, I don't know. Well, what are you talking to me for? Telling me not to rattle it to death. I've got to work out what it will take and how it's going to make power. Oh, yeah, all right, all right. But, yeah, there's a lot of, you know, things that go wrong. Oh, here comes a couple of guys on a, on a, on a Harley. No, it's a fake Harley. Boo. Um, you know, they just don't can understand and that's why I don't like engine builders um is this going to continue being a problem uh, into the future absolutely because as engine, engine builders like carby guys are going to get more and more scarce as demand you know drops away um and <laughs> they're just going to become you know more flat earth and mental than they already are and yeah there are a lot of engine builders are flat earthers and QAnoners. That's real crazy deep shit, but that's something that, oh, maybe it's just the ones I know uh, that are just real nut bars. But, um, yeah, they're going to become, they're going to become bigger freak shows in the future uh, because, you know, they're just going to be, you know, less or more in demand because the, the landscape's going to change. Um, yeah. So what's the engine builder of the future going to look like? The one that builds EVs. Thankfully, he's not going to have a much to do. Like, you know, there's stuff all that goes on inside an EV motor um, or power unit. You know, you've got to, you might have to put some new windings in it or a new stator or a new, you know, rotor or some new bearings. But, and, you know, that, that sort of stuff can obviously be a bit tricky to set up, but, it's going to be much, much, much simpler um, than building an old piston clanger. And everyone that does it isn't going to think they're some sort of space wizard. And that's what I, I just can't wait to see this time in the future when building an engine is just, or a power unit, refurbing a power unit, is just an honest, straightforward, decent job that is done without, you know, 2,000 Facebook posts of shiny ports and, you know, the painted rocker covers. Who fucking cares, you know? It's just, oh, there's so much floggery out there. Have I ever had a built engine? Um, well, all engines are built, right? I'm talking about aftermarket built engine. Yeah, I've had a couple. Um, what have I had? I had one in my Turbo LS1 after it knocked a, a piston out of it. And, yeah, it was all right. You know, I think it, I think it blew up again not long after I sold it, but because it was not built correctly. But I did probably five thousand k's in it. Then yeah, it was breathy, and yeah, it, you know, it had way too much um, 
flyby, the way it was built, and yeah, it was a bit of a shitbox motor, but it didn't bother me that much. Um, but other than that, I've tried really, really hard to steer clear of them. Like when my Subaru, my 08 Subaru, when I, you know, postage stamp, um, blew a ringland out of it, and then drove it back from interstate without any oil in it. <laughs> uh, the first thing we did uh, was put a fresh factory EJ25 short motor in it, which did me well for a number of years before that thing eventually spun a bearing, you know, at the racetrack. Uh, I think um, Big Pole, hey babe, who was a Big Pole? Big Pole was the one that walked up to me at the racetrack and he goes, this thing's starting to sound a bit like an LS. And sure enough, yeah, she was shagged, you know. And so I just put another stock motor in it. They were something like $2,000 at the time. Because, you know, most of the built Subaru motors I'd seen up until that point didn't last any bloody longer and certainly had a, a whole shitload, uh, a bigger bunch of issues than the factory ones. So... Yep, just keep throwing uh, factory donks at these things. I don't, I don't know. I think the world might have run out of EJ25s by now. <laughs> so many people actually do it um, or have done it or have blown them up. So, yeah, I, I've always tended to steer away and um, just detune the motor, you know, tune the motor to the point of, uh, of where it'll last as a factory engine. And then just detune it just that little bit more to give yourself a buffer. And the bloody things will near on last forever and make as much power as you want. Anyway, have a look at have a look at how much grief an LS engine will cop in terms of boost and load and everything else before it uh, before it shits itself tuned properly. That will go pretty much forever, you know, which is uh, something really really good. So yeah, cop that engine builders. The majority of you are flogs. There's a few good ones out there, plenty of full of shit ones that can't really do their job, but convince, try and convince people they do. And yeah, a lot of uh, conspiracy theories and stuff, you know, that's why they have, they love flat plane cranks because it matches their beautiful flat earth. So yeah, cop that, you tosses. Um, I hope you found that funny. Apart from you, Bunny. Because I really like your work in the XAU1 ear piston. And I fucking kill you. I love that. I love the bunny. Um, on to some different things. Now, I saw... Uh, I've, I've made some noise about this company before. BYD. Um, <laughs> what is it? Build Your Dreams. Or it used to be... They used to be known as Borrow Your Design. Because they used to copy everything. But they've got this new ocean-themed... <laughs> stupid... Uh, a themed series of EVs about well, that are coming out that are released in China and they're about to come here. Um, ocean themed. I think they've got the uh, the seal or, or the seagull. Yeah, that's right. The seagull. Can't wait till we get a hot chip in that. And the dolphin. They're three releases from BYD that are about to head down under and they look mighty bloody impressive. Yeah, Chinese shit wouldn't touch it. Wah, wah, wah. These things look killer. The BYD seal, apparently, it, it sort of, it looks a bit like a Model 3. It's Model 3 sized, 
but it's got like Taycan headlights and stuff. They're supposed to look like ocean creatures, you know. Again, crazy ass shit that the Chinese are, whatever they're smoking, it seems to be working. But these things are like 0 to 100 in the threes. They've got 800 volt architecture, that, yeah, they've got long range, fast charging, and they're gonna be like 10 grand cheaper than a Tesla. All of a sudden, there's gonna be people going, oh, I haven't got 50 grand to spend on an EV. Hey, guess what, guys? Hyundai i30, if you trim it up right and get the end, is 50 something grand. Yeah, so maybe, you know, <laughs> put it into perspective. And this thing, this BYD will absolutely cream them. Oh, but they'll be built like shit. Well, probably not. The Chinese have been practicing and honing their skills when it comes to painting and building cars now for some time. I'm tipping that the. Um, these ocean-themed uh, cars, these BYDs, are going to be pretty bloody good indeed. So hold on to your hats, everyone. The floodgates are about to open, and traditional manufacturers are going to get even more of a kicking. Um, and they're all so far in debt. they got such big repayments to make, and then there's this new breed that are just going to come along and kick the living shit out of them there's going to be a few that don't make it. Someone was saying the other day that VW or Audi Group, and they backed it up with some pretty intense figures, are uh, more than likely going to fold in the next 10 years. That would be incredible to see. You know, no more Volkswagen. Could you even, I mean, after Dieselgate, they probably don't deserve to be around, but, um, yeah, could you imagine a Weld with no Volkswagen? Hmm, maybe the subsidiaries like Porsche, etc., will get sold off. No more Lamborghini. Interesting times that we live in, aren't they? Um, speaking of interesting times, and another Chinese entrant is uh, the LDV EVT60. A ute. It looks like the first electric ute. Yes, shut up. I know my Cybertruck probably will never come to Australia, but yes, it will be built. Looks like the first one to win the ute race in Australia will be... LDV, but the EVT60, um, it's got shitful towing um, rating, I think it only tows like 1300 kilograms or 1800 kilograms or something like that, it's got a 980 um, kilogram payload though, so you will be able to stuff some shit in the back of it, and it, you know, that would, that's always important, um, but it's got a pretty pathetic range I think, you know, rated in the 300s, but it'll still be quite a good thing but it's going to be stupid expensive i've done some sums and it looks like it's going to be uh the evt60 is going to be like a 72 to 75 grand exercise for a ute which is a bit stupid and it sounds like a lot of money when you consider that you know uh, ranges sort of cost that much by the time you speak them up so yeah it's probably a little bit on the dear side but you know and people always say, you know, I want an EV ute that's 20 grand brand new. Well, it'll never happen because they're more expensive to bloody make than a petrol car. Yes, that's right. Or a petrol or diesel thing is a lot cheaper to make than an EV. Yeah, that's true. There's a lot of technology and a lot of R&D cost in EVs that needs to be recouped through the sale of each and every vehicle. So don't, you know, don't hold out hope in the very near future of you know, some cheap electric car that's 25 grand or, you know, I think the MGZS or electric stupid 
MG thing is the cheapest thing on the market here at about 40 something grand I think they are and the equivalent petrol ones like 24 25 grand so it gives you an idea of how much more expensive the things are to build I mean you know if they could make them cheaper and sell more of them they would and on our final note today we're going to talk about our ScoMo Scotty from marketing he cut 22 cents a litre off the excise for fuel so that they hopefully can stay in power after the next election. You know, it's only temporary for six months because we can't afford to do it for too long. It's costing 2.5 billion, right, to give people potentially cheaper fuel for a few months before the election. What a load of horseshit. What about they spent that 2.5 billion subsidising the sale of EVs? Imagine if they knocked you know, 25 grand off of 100,000 EVs and, and all of a sudden your NG electric was uh, $18,000. Imagine that. Imagine how much better that would have been for the environment than encouraging people to keep burning this shit. Um, that, and by, by making it cheaper for them, people should pay for fuel. You know, that's 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 the whole thing. It's not actually helping with the transition to sustainable energy by continually trying to make it cheaper. Oh, look, I understand there are people that that um, can't afford to get to work and there should be a means-tested case where people can get fuel vouchers, you know, if, if they need it to get to work and they're struggling to make ends meet. But just encouraging people as a cynical marketing exercise you know the bottom line is it's not going to make your, your groceries any cheaper and it's not going to make trucking any cheaper because the big boys never paid this stupid fuel excise in the first place this is just about votes this is just about votes and six months you will blink and it will be gone and all of a sudden fuel will be expensive again or maybe the war will be over in the ukraine and oil prices will come down. But the trajectory for oil, I believe now, is one that's going to continue um, to go upwards and drag, you know, the cost of all petroleum products and everything, actually, without a control inflation at the moment, everything, it's, it's going to get more and more expensive. The only thing that isn't going to get more expensive is uh, the sunshine and being able to harvest it in your rooftop and being able to power your car with it you know it makes a lot of sense now i've saved hundreds and hundreds of dollars thousands in fact since i've been driving evs by not buying fuel and it's not so much that it's all the other shit that you buy when you go into these big convenience store style, style service stations now you know you end up with a couple of bags of chips a, a, you know a soft drink uh, some breath mints you know all of that sort of crap and you walk out of there about you know a lot poorer than when you walked in I mean, not that I mind going into there to buy that sort of stuff, but yeah, knocking the excise down for six months is an idea that's about as stupid as people believing they are space wizards because they can take some basic measurements and build a basic engine. Congratulations. And with that, it's time to sign out for today. We'll try and uh, get Clodbibe back uh, next week. I, I think little Oscar's passed, so he's going to, you know, Paul's going to struggle with his emotions for a bit there. But uh, look, 
thank you once more for joining in. I hope I didn't offend anyone with my tirade about engine builders, but stuff them. They deserve it. And thank you once more for listening to Arrange Anxiety.